Amen. Let's pray. Father, <coughs> Father, we thank you for this evening. We pray that even as you listen to your word, let your word be all that is, is in us. Let it affect us. Let it touch us. Let it teach us. Let it encourage us. Let it rebuke us. May it take us to a higher place, O oh God, that we may be vessels of honor even in your hands. I pray that even as we yearn to make significant impact, and the theme is significance at all costs, may we be able to God, pay the price, and may we be able to do that which will cost us to be able to make a significant impact. I thank you, Heavenly Father, as we listen to your word. Fill us, O oh God, and may we understand as you want us to. We thank you, we give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So this evening, <clears throat> I'm going to share briefly on quiet time. Hallelujah. Quiet time. It's something we hear all the time, quiet time. And I've been led to teach time. And it's going to be a teaching. So I'm going to so if you didn't come with your notebook and a pen, you'll be found wanting. Because there's a lot to write and there's a lot to learn. And I would <coughs> want to move as quickly as possible. So quiet time. So I just let's read script one scripture or two scriptures and then <coughs> we would use that to support everything. So there'll be a lot of things that we need to talk. So let's go to Exodus chapter thirty four. Now there's actually a book on quiet time Whenever I get a topic and you want ideas A book, it says how you can have an effective quiet time With God every day When, when I had this topic When this thing came to mind I, I said, ah, but I, may, I think I've seen this book in the Macarius I went to look for it Macarius 60, you seen it? So those of you who are interested Those of you who are interested You can go and look for it. Okay. So, Exodus chapter 32. <coughs> I said 34, sorry. Exodus 34. Verse 1 to 5. It says, and the Lord said to Moses, Cut two tablets of stone like the first ones, and I'll write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablet which you broke. So be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there. And present yourself Yourself to me there on the top of the mountain And no man shall come up with you And let no man be seen throughout all the mountain Neither flock nor head Nor, nor head feed before Nor head feed before that mountain So he cut two tablets of stone like the ones Like the first ones And then Moses rose early in the morning And went up Mount Sinai and the Lord, as the Lord had commanded me, and he took in 
his hand the two tablets of stone. Now the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the name and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God. Merciful, gracious, long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Okay, so God told Moses to get up early in the morning and come up to him into his presence and when Moses did I said God descended and God actually had communion with Moses so let's so this is just what we have read so what is a quiet time it's something we use have you had your quiet time you should do your quiet time so what is a quiet time and I've just written a few things down as I was there so a quiet time is not family devotion you understand it is not bible studies it is where a group of people come together it says god told moses come up the mountain alone many of us we come from homes where we have family devotion isn't it and every time so it is not family devotion it is it is a time set aside for a personal and these times these things are important to me time set aside daily you know so a time set aside daily for a personal and intimate time with god okay now a quiet time is habitual in nature and should be done frequently and consistently okay so the key words there are time set aside daily you must make a quiet time as a daily ritual okay it is a personal and intimate time with god personal and intimate underline it is not something that we sit together everybody it is not family devotion that you have no that is not quiet time a quiet time is an intimate and personal time with God and it is habitual you do it until it becomes a part of you it is a habit many of us our problem is that our quiet times are not habitual we do it as and when today you feel like it today you don't feel like it okay habits are like things you develop so the aim of every quiet time is that it must be consistent it must be frequent it must be a habit so if you we have not developed a quiet time that is habitual then there is a problem <clears throat> are you understanding me are you there yeah so i want you to take notes if possible and put these things at the back of your mind okay and it is usually done in an isolated and quiet place where there are no distractions bible says even jesus woke up early in the morning and went to a solitary place and it is usually done in the morning usually usually sometimes a lot of things come up you see but it must be done daily so whether you do it in the morning afternoon you must be able to do your quiet time but the best time is usually in the morning because in the morning now as people are now waking up 
and there isn't much noise, there isn't much distraction. You can do that. You can have some me and alone time with God. Okay, but sometimes you are tired and you sleep late and you don't wake up early. And by the time you wake up, everything is say, Oh, my quiet time has passed. So tomorrow. No. It's a daily thing. Are you here? <clears throat> yeah. So those are the things that I want you to understand about quiet time. If you are interested, I can give you my notes and you can take them down. Now, why quiet time? See, because when you become a Christian, everybody says quiet time, quiet time, quiet time. Like everybody is saying quiet time. We are tired of this quiet time thing. Why quiet time? Now, so I'll just go through 12 reasons why you must have quiet time. It makes you develop a relationship with God. Anybody who does not have quiet time does not develop a relationship with God. So a quiet time makes you develop a relationship. Many of you don't have relationships with God because you do not do a quiet time. Two, it helps you to grow as a Christian. Three, it helps you to know the presence of God. When Moses went up the mountain, he says, the presence of the God came down. Many of you say, how do I know it is God? How do I know God is speaking? If you spend time daily in the presence of God, you will know the presence of God. If you are always in the presence of somebody, you will know things, you can tell when the person is even around. You can even smell that, that oh, this is the person's perfume, the person is around. This is the person, the way the person walks. As for this shoe, the way it sounds is this person. Yeah, sometimes as a, a secretary can be in the office, people will be coming. When their boss is coming, they will, say my, they will know the boss is coming by the way the shoe sounds. Or by the way they maybe dangle their keys. Or by something. Yeah. So that it helps you to. So those of you have, I don't know, I don't understand this God thing. I don't know. Quiet time. Three. The glory of the Lord comes upon you. See, when Moses went up, because of time, I've just realized I don't have time at all. When Moses went up the mountain and he came down, he said that he began, he began to glow such that the people could not even look at. When you spend time in the presence of God, people begin to see you different. Somebody says, ah, today you look different. Today there's something radiant about you. You're a happy person. You have a sweet spirit. I just like you. Quiet time. Five, you learn to distinguish the voice between the voice of God and other voices. See, because when you do your quiet time, one of the aims of quiet time is that you want God to talk to you. And when you hear, you hear God's voice every day, you see, you can distinguish God's voice from other voices. Such that even if sometimes your phone you lose all your contacts and somebody calls and the person says hello, you can see that it is this person. Yeah, because you may not buy by the voice. Is it not so? Yeah. It helps you to practicalize your relationship 
with the Holy Spirit. Because you see, when you are doing your quiet time, you need the Holy Spirit to guide you. Some say, Oh, I don't know who is the Holy Spirit. How do I talk to Him? How do I relate with Him? A practical, the, the quiet time is a time where you practicalize your relationship with Him. We always say it, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Here you practicalize. So if you are doing quiet time every day, you know how a fellowship with the Holy Spirit is like. It will help you to memorize scriptures when you do quiet time. Some of you don't know any scripture. Apart from John 3, 16, but the, doing quiet time will help you to memorize scripture. It will help scriptures to stay in your mind. So you say, me, I forget a lot. I can't memorize anything. I, I, I have a problem. There's a devil. No, you are not doing your quiet time. There's no devil worrying you. It helps you to acquire knowledge and truths. It helps you to pray effectively. It makes you know the promises of God for your life so that you can receive them. You can believe them and you can receive them. When you do your quiet time, it helps you to understand scriptures so that you can teach. So that you can teach somebody, tell somebody about God. Quiet time. And you will learn, it helps you to learn how to discipline yourself and to acquire a good habit. You see, if you learn how to do quiet time, you in, in so doing, you would learn how to discipline yourself. Some of you, the reason why you are not doing well is indiscipline. Doing your quiet time is a discipline. And doing it consistently helps you to discipline. You see that some discipline comes into you. Are you there? Do you have 12 reasons? Yeah. <clears throat> so, I can give you some scriptures, but because of time. Now, so now we want to look at what, what exactly is quiet time. So, what are the types of quiet time see, that a person can have? There are types. Okay, when you read this by when you read this book, it gives you certain types. But I'm also using my own ex- experience and some of the things that I've learned. Now, usually, when people get born again, they tell that get a quiet time book, isn't it? Daily bread, daily manna, or they get a quiet time. That is what many of us are used to. That is one way of doing quiet time. Even that one, many of us we don't do it. Hmm? I struggled with quiet time for you see I'm teaching this thing because it's a practical thing and it is something we must if we don't learn to do it it's not about just coming for the meetings you must have a personal intimate time with God and when I became a Christian I struggled in the very few years to have to do quiet time I struggled I knew I had to force and force and force and I knew it was important but I just couldn't seem to do it consistently do it today three, three days I've not done it one week I've not done it 
He said, and, oh, sometimes you are afraid that somebody will say, what is your question with me? So you just have to always have something. See, and I always struggled. As for the quiet time books, when I used them, I struggled. It didn't make guys because I wanted to know the Bible. No, but the, the quiet today they are talking about this. Then they are in some there. I wasn't. It was becoming too much. See, so that is one of the means you can use a quiet time book. Okay. Now the other types of quiet time that you have, which the ones that have helped me and I know of are doing book studies. Not ordinary books in the Bible. Or there are how many books in the Bible? 66. So we can take the 66 books in the Bible, one book, and begin to. So we can do a book study. Okay? Then we can do a topical study. <clears throat> where you take a topic. Faith, love. Okay? The Holy Spirit. Other things that are important. The fruit of the Spirit. And we can... We can study them Then we can have a character Study So a character study has to do with Studying the life of a person A character So you take Joseph You take, um, what do you call it David, the ones we like, isn't it Take Solomon And all those things Okay So we can do a character study Now, what I recommend because to do a topical study is difficult. That means that you must know where the verses for the topics are. Okay? And to do a character study, it means you must know where the characters and their stories are in the Bible. So what I recommend for beginners, or people who are not conversant or are struggling, and this is the, the one that I still use today, is book study. Because that one, you take a book of the Bible And then you study the book And in the book you meet different topics You meet different characters You meet different things Okay? And it helps So of the two Of the things I've said The two I recommend are Having a quiet time book That you use The thing about quiet time books Which I don't really like that some of the, All of them are designed separately uh, differently You know so some of them um, They don't have They give a topic every day Which is not really consistent So this day you may be reading Matthew And tomorrow you'll be reading Revelation You understand So it's not really consistent in that matter But if you are used to it Stick to it You will still learn a lot Because with some of them They have Yearly read So they have other verses at the bottom That, But many of you just want to read the main thing Then you, you satisfy your conscience So you don't even look at those ones Okay So what I do is I do a book study So I want us to concentrate on book studies A book study So that's what I recommend Either using a quiet time book or a book study This is what I recommend for beginners Or people who are struggling Now, when you are doing book studies, I recommend books that are easy to read. So, usually I recommend the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Easy. Or, the letters of Paul. I will not recommend Revelation. Okay? So, the Gospels, the letters of... They are easy because they are letters and they are not too lengthy. Okay? Or, in the Old Testament... There are books that I like, like 
um, Kings, First and Second Samuel, Esther. See, those ones are also easy. But I, first of all, for beginners, I always recommend New Testament, New Testament books, New Testament books. So the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Pick one. You can take First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Timothy, Romans. Pick one. So it means you pick a, a, a book and you say, I want to study this book. Are you learning something? Now, what are the tools you need? The tools you need to do a quiet time. One, you need a Bible. Preferably a reference Bible. How many of you know what a reference or a study Bible is? Hey, how many of you know what a reference or a study Bible is? Just a few people. How many of you don't know the difference between a reference and a Bible is Bible? A reference or a study Bible helps you to make references to other scriptures. Okay, so when you, you have such a Bible, it has other, it leads you to other things that you are interested in. So the, every reference Bible has its own um, schema or how it is organized. Okay, but ultimately, as you read the verses, you see that there are either numbers or letters attached to it and then there will be a smaller margin that will give you other ref- scriptures that you can refer to on those particular topics or on those particular verses so many of you don't know where anything is so the reference bible will help you to link scriptures outside the book that you are reading that's why it is not just good to have a Gideon New Testament bible you will not you may not learn much okay that's why you must invest in a good Bible. Are you here? Yeah. Some some of you you don't understand like a Bible is a Bible. It doesn't matter. I'm recommending it. If you don't have that, you use what you have. So you need a Bible. You are talking about two. Secondly, you need a notebook. A notebook for writing, which is your quiet time notebook. And then thirdly. You need your mind. Your mind must be there. I don't understand what I'm saying. There's no point going to sit there with your back when your mind is not there. So your mind is all over. But that's why when you sit there, and it's happened to me, you have so many things that are pressuring you that your mind is not there. You cannot have an effective quiet time. So your mind must be there. Do you understand? So you need a Bible, you need a notebook, and you need your mind. Because it is your mind that God is going to open so that you will understand the scriptures. Are you understanding me? Yeah. Now, before... When you think of quiet time, one there are a few things I want you to take note of. Please aim for consistency. So do it just because you want to be consistent. 
You see, there is no point reading today, not reading tomorrow, not reading next week. And it doesn't help you. Just give yourself, okay, for the next three days, I'll do my quiet time course. When you finish those three days, set another target. For the next three days, or for the next week. If you look at it in terms of one month, one year, you say, I can't do this. But when you break it down little by little, you see, because it becomes a habit. And as you keep on doing it, it will stay. It will stick. So please, do not do quiet time for doing quiet time sake. Aim for consistency. That must be, and you must be consistent at it. Are you here? Are you sure? You are not learning anything. I'm revealing all your secrets. So you're upset. And then create an atmosphere that is conducive. That does not distract. So you may not be able to leave your room. But you always have, even when you don't want to talk to your roommate, you put your destiny on and then you'll be listening to all sorts of things. But you complain that the room is noisy. So I can't do quiet time. Yeah. You can leave your room. You can find a place. You can do it when your roommates are asleep. You can leave when your roommates are Find a conducive. You can go to the gardens. After your lecture, go and sit there. I used to move from my, 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 this thing when I was younger and go, move and I'll go and sit in the garden. I do when I don't have anything doing. I can sit there almost for hours. Just reading. You understand? So, these are things that you must look for. You can't do that all the time. But every time, try and look for a conducive environment. That will help you. So, things to note. Note, aim for consistency. Create a conducive environment. That does not distract. <coughs> now, <coughs> beginning a quiet time. So, you want to do your book. Now, the time has come. You have woken up in the morning, you brush your teeth. Or you have not brushed your teeth. I say, I want to do quiet time. How do we go about the quiet time? Right? So number one, you should have already settled in your mind what book you are. So if, let's, so if you are taking that this is the first time you are doing quiet time. So you have chosen the book of the Bible you want. So I'm going to do John. Usually I like, I started with the book of John. Or you can say, I want to do Romans, 1 Corinthians. So you've picked it. Then you have settled your mind. Before you visit, settle your mind. Don't be, don't let your mind, you, if you have things to think about, just tell yourself that later, alligator, when I finish, we'll continue. Do you understand? Then after that, I'm giving you the simple things so pray. You are praying, you can pray. Talk to God. Just talk to him about everything. Thank him for the day. Thank him for this. Thank him. But one thing you must not forget to do is to in your prayer is to ask the Holy Spirit to come and help you. Because the Bible says He's our teacher. Okay, when you read John 14, 26, John 15, 26, Jesus said that when the comforter comes, when the helper comes, he will come and teach us. So when you are alone in your quiet time, you are now going to you are developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit, who is your teacher. You are not uh, uh, developing a relationship with me. 
or with somebody preaching on the on a, on on a, a, what do you call it a, 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 a message. So at that at that point, you are entrusting your ability to learn to the Holy Spirit. That is why I say that when you do that, it helps you to build a relationship with Him. Because every morning you'll be spending time with Him. And if you do that, why would you not build a relationship with Him? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, in your prayer, ask the Holy Spirit to come and help you. Now, when you start reading, you must bear in mind, your reading must be slow and intentional. That's why people say use a new King, new, use King James. When you use King James, you can never read fast. But you don't need to use King James. But you must, and some of you are fast readers. And you just read. So I've read the Bible. That's not a duke. Your reading must be what? Slow and intentional. Your reading must be slow and intentional. So it's not that so you are reading slowly and intentionally to learn something. Are you here? Are you sure? So your reading must be slow and it must be intentional. So our objective is not how quickly you can finish the book. But how slowly you can read it to understand it. Hmm? You are not here to say, oh, I've read all that 66 books in there. No. That's not our aim. Our aim is to slow down the reading to learn something. So our reading must be deliberate, must be intentional, and it must be slow. So if you are a fast reader, start learning how to read slowly. Are you there? Now, the book that you are going to read, if it is possible, try and know the background or the context in which the book is written. That is why it's important that the book is written. That is why it's important to have a reference Bible. In my Bible, for every book that is there, they will give you a reference. Okay? So let me just open to one of the letters of so I'm in Romans so background it says when Paul wrote Romans about AD 56 he had not yet been to Rome See, so now it's telling you that Paul wrote Romans wrote it at a particular time so in my book there's almost two pages that gives you a context or the background because it helps you to understand who he's writing to what it is about so if you can get a background to the book you are reading, it helps you to put things in perspective as you read. Are you there? Yeah. Some of the things are not, some of the things gives you the occasion, they wrote it, AD, this, and this, and many things, but at least if you just have a brief understanding, 
it gives you a certain context because everything must be done and understood in a certain context even if somebody comes to tell you a story depending on the picture the person paints you are likely to judge the incident differently on one occasion than on another occasion is it not so the same thing you may have said something okay but if they describe the context or the background you will see that oh in this context it meant this and in that but in this context it meant that are you understanding me so it is important to know the background if you can that's why it's good to have a reference bible so you have to spend a little bit more money to get a good bible are you understanding me yeah so you start from chapter one don't say i'm reading the book of romans and the holy spirit today and you open no the reading must be purposeful and systematic it must be purposeful and systematic so why don't we start from the beginning chapter one and bear in mind that we are reading slowly deliberately and intentionally so with that in mind every verse must be read every verse must be read and as you read apart from the verse chapter 1 verse 1 okay all other verses will have a verse preceding and a verse that follows it so as you read the, whatever verse you read try and link it to the verse that was previous to see if what you are reading or what you read previously throws more light on what you are reading now because if it's a letter you can nobody writes a letter in isolation the first sentence is different stands on its own then the second sentence stands on its own then the third it doesn't make sense one sentence flows into the other so you read every verse and see how they link up in what you are reading are you here are you sure now what usually happens is that sometimes you read a verse you understand you read the next verse you don't understand true or false it's a common thing see the way everybody said true so it's not only you see the way you say yeah, there's something wrong with me you see the whole church including me isn't it that's how come I know how to put it down you understand yeah so you don't understand don't stop continue because the verse that would follow that one may throw more light on the one you don't understand you understand so just keep on reading deliberately and slowly and try and keep on linking the verses now 
There are some verses, no matter what you do, you will not understand them. Hmm? The problem is that now we begin to focus on what we don't understand and forget what we understand. True or false? If the Holy Spirit is teaching you, even in the classroom, you don't get everything. Or the lecturer may emphasize certain things at a point, knowing that at a different time, when he teaches a different topic, once you have gotten the first concept, the second concept will become easier to understand. Isn't it? So don't force it. If the Holy Spirit makes you understand, you read some verse, these verses you understood. You understood verse 1, verse 1, verse 2, verse 3. But when you go to verse 4, it confused you a bit. And sometimes you see that maybe verse 4, verse 5, you don't know. But when you get to verse 6, 7, you, are, you start understanding again. No problem. It's normal. Some of you don't know what I'm saying because you don't read your Bible. It's like, what is a man saying? But I'm telling you that is as so you just need to focus, focus on the ones that you understand. Okay, because this is a lifetime of learning. You are not writing to write, you are not learning to write exam tomorrow. So take what you have learned. What you have not learned, I can assure at another time it will make sense to you. Do you understand? Even the things that you think you have understood, when you read it again, that you get more understanding. So it is the Holy Spirit who is teaching. So don't worry. Sometimes what happens as you read one verse stands out, and it's like every like when you want to move on, you can't move on, and it's like you are stuck on that verse, and it's like it's such a beautiful verse to you. But you have planned that you want to read 15 verses today. It's the Holy Spirit who is teaching you. So flow with Him. Flow in that one verse. Flow in those two verses. Are you understanding me? Are you sure? You must recognize that you have asked Him to come and help you. So once you have asked Him to allow Him to teach you, you can learn more in that one verse that you can learn in 15 verses. So flow in those verses. So whatever. I, so don't focus so much on what I don't understand. And you get discouraged. Focus on what you understand. Because that is what he's teaching you at that point in time. Is somebody learning something this evening? Are you sure? Yeah. It's a lifetime of learning. So why are you in a hurry? You are not supposed to learn everything. He will give you more insights. Now, there are some red flags I want to raise. Please do not over-spiritualize scriptures. Or the verses. Or over-spiritualize words. Do you understand? Every word must be read in the context of the of the other words in the verse. And every verse must be read in 
context in the context of the chapter and every chapter must be read in the context of the book in which it is situated you see if you do not do that soon your bible is you interpret it in so you, you can make the bible say anything you want it to say once you it is not done within the context you understand what i'm saying yeah if you just take the verse in isolation and don't so let's let me just give you an example let's do matthew mark chapter seven fifteen. i hope the scripture shall put it on the board you have it i can read mark seven fifteen. oh you can't find it for me let me read my thing It says there is nothing that goes into a man from outside which can defile him. But the things which come out of him, they are the things that defile a man. If you just take it like I don't know the context. So somebody will say, okay, this is Jesus speaking on. So it means that when I take in cocaine, And I am a drunkard. It says nothing that enters a man, isn't it? From the outside. Is it not so? Is it not Jesus? Yeah, so Charlie, we are free. Anything that enters us, it will never defile us. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But if we take the context from the beginning, where it is situated, here this statement came as a result of when the people his disciples were eating with unwashed hands you see and in the Jewish tradition they have a when you come from outside you must wash your feet, wash your hands everything before you eat and the disciples to Charlie fishermen, wait wait they don't like Charlie went to see they are just eating anything see and the people said why had you not following the traditions you are breaking the law so and Jesus was saying that so this is in relation to food. What you are saying in relation to the food, it's not, it's not about washing hands and those things. They don't de- those things don't defile a man. Are you understanding me? Yeah, but you can if you don't then you just take this. You can take it to mean anything. There's a I had a friend, I've forgotten the verse. There's a scripture in, in I think it's in the Proverbs or the Psalms or one of those songs. It talks about the fact that wine is for princes and kings. So he always comes and says that he only takes wine. Because that's what the Bible says. He's a child of God. I'm not a royal priesthood. Eh? Chosen people. Yeah. Father is a king and we are princes. So he, he takes wine. Are you here? Yeah. So let it be clear that in context, please never take it out of context. Never take everything has been context. Otherwise, you let it by and don't over spiritualize things. Over spiritual, you see, let, because of time, let, can I share another context with you? 
Okay, let me share that. So let's go to Matthew chapter 13. In Matthew chapter 13, there are two parables of the sower. Okay, there are two parables of the sower. Okay. Now, in the first one, which is the one that we most commonly preach with, it talks about the fact that, so let me read the parable. Okay, let's start from three. Then he spake many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed some seed, isn't it? And he sowed some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured it. Some fell by the stony place, where they did not have much earth. And they immediately sprang up, because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun had come, um, was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the, and, 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 and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on the good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has an ear, let him hear. Now when we go to 13.24, another parable he put forth to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good good what? Seed in his field. But while he slept, his enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat. Uh, so tears among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain has sprouted and produced a crop, then the tears also appeared. So the servant of the owners came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in the field? How then does this, how, how then does it have tears? And, and he, he said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do not, uh, do you want us then to go out and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tears, you also have put the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tears and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Okay, so all of this talks about sowing, isn't it? And seeds, and this one sowing this, and this one sowing that. Now, if we take it, we all say, okay, then it means the same thing. Okay? It means the bad. Let's look at the context. Let's look at how Jesus explained it. Some of you over spiritualize want to take one thing and use it to explain another thing. Now, in verse 10, it says that, no, in verse 18, sorry, it says that, therefore hear the parable of the sower. When somebody hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who was who received seed by the wayside. But he who received seed by the stony place. This is the one who hears the word, hears the word and immediately receives it with receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, so on and so on. So he is talking as so here the seed represents the word of God. Okay? And the ground represents us, those of us who are receiving it. Is it not so? Now let's go to the explanation of the other one. Let's start from verse 37. He says, He who sows, so he answered and said to them, so he was now explaining, because his disciples came and asked him. He says, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. So here we have the good seed, and the person who is sowing that good seed is Jesus, is the son of man. The field, you see, which is the earth that was, it was planted, is the world. You see, so now you see how it is different. It's talking about sowing, it's talking about this, but it's different. 
Yeah? And it says that the enemy who sold them is the devil. So now there are different things. Who sold the body are the devil. So we have different things. Even though it's all talking about seed and sowing seed and sowing, the context are different. So context is very important. Are you understanding me? I'm using this as examples. So that you understand. Don't just read it, just well, you are reading it and then you just no 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 no. Take your time, slow it down, ask yourself certain questions, and we'll get to the questions that you need to be asking soon. Now, I told you that when you are doing your quiet time, you must have a notebook, isn't it? So the question is, when do you write? There is no particular time to write, but you write as the Holy Spirit teaches you. Okay, you are supposed to write as the Holy Spirit teaches you. So if the Holy Spirit is teaching you to do that, then you must teaching you something. If if the Holy Spirit is teaching you something, then you must write that thing down. Okay, so sometimes you may be writing in real time as you are reading the thing. He's telling you, and you are also writing. Real time, you are reading the thing. That's why the notebook is there because he's teaching you, and so that you, when you finish, you will be able to remember something. Do you understand me? Oh, are you here? Yeah, so you must learn to write. Now, as you are reading these things, you must be asking. So I said, read slowly. So what is the purpose of reading? So as you are reading slowly, you must be asking yourself certain questions. It helps you to look for the meaning of the scriptures. So some of the questions you must ask: What is God saying in this verse? In this verse that I've read. What is God saying? Like I said, sometimes you read the verse and you do not understand it. You understand? So you ask what is God have done, then you just move to the next one. But when you ask that asking things, you see that you begin to get certain meanings. And as you get the meanings, you write them. So you say, What is God saying in this verse? How does this apply to me? How does this apply to me? Does this teach me something I must pray about? I have done quiet times. When you, when you get to a certain level, that's why I say when you do quiet time, you learn how to pray. Because when you get to the middle, you start you begin to pray because you, you see something. So your quiet time has led you into prayer. That's why quiet time teaches you how to pray. Because when the word of God enters, you believe you me, the next thing you do is to pray. I'm telling you. If you do an effective quiet time, there's no way you do an effective quiet time without praying. Because you will learn something. You hear something. If not, you will thank God for something. So sometimes, them, so don't, don't be bothered. It's the Holy Spirit moving. So sometimes in the middle of it, you say, oh, I'm, I'm reading this verse. Reading. Suddenly, you get to a place and you just get stuck there. 
And then it begins to minister to you. And then prayer, we are in prayer. And with those prayers, you can pray. You won't even notice you are praying. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 10, you are just praying. Yeah. So another question you must ask yourself. Does it teach me a promise that I must believe and confess in my life? The things that God has, they are there in the Bible to teach us. They are promises. If you don't read, how will you know that which God has said about you? That's why we do all sorts of things. We we believe all sorts of things. That's why we don't believe. But if you believe, you read and you believe, you can confess those things and you can believe them for yourself. But if you do not know how, so a quiet time, as you will ask, are there certain promises? Are there certain promises in this thing? That is how come your life will change. That I must believe, I must receive, I must appropriate for myself, I must confess into my life. Another question must are there or is there a commandment I must obey? You can also, is there a good example I can follow? Or is there a bad example I must avoid? Because when you are reading the Bible, it's not just things. You, when you read some of these, some of the people, they did bad things. They didn't do the right thing. So you say, what lesson must I learn here? Is it a good thing I must follow? Or is it a bad thing I must avoid? These are questions. So, actually, you are asking yourself all these questions. It seems like it is nothing. But I tell you, that is what will make the difference between you and the person who sits in church and does nothing. It's not going to just come to lay hands and pray on. It is what you do in your closet. It is your personal, intimate time with God. Are you still here? I want the earth to open so that you you run away. You ask, so how can I practicalize what I've learned? How can I practicalize it? How can I how does it apply? How do I practicalize it? Christianity is a way of living. If you read the Bible all the time and you don't ask how you can practicalize something, how can I practicalize this thing? Humility. How can I practice that? I'm, I'm not a, a somebody full of pride. How can I practice that? I should. How can I practice? How can I? Then I don't know what we are doing. Then another question you can ask is who can I share it with? Who can I share this thing with? Now, the question is, so now, we have done that, you are in it. So the question, when do you stop your quiet time? They are doing practical, practical things. So. When do you stop your quiet time? Not stop it as you finish for the rest of your life. But stop as in that particular day. As you are, when do you stop? Two things came to mind. You stop when the Holy Spirit says stop. Or you stop when your time that you have allotted to yourself. You see, sometimes when you do that, Quiet time, it is not us. Some days are fantastic. 
It's like he- heaven has opened. It's like the Holy Spirit has personally come to sit. It's like the room is even shining. Some days too are like normal. They are all the same. They are all good. They are all the- it is the two that come together. So sometimes you will still learn something. See, but you say, okay, my it's thirty minutes, it's one hour. When I tell myself to stop, but sometimes you go because the Holy Spirit will not tell you to stop. I still here. Yeah. And make sure you note where you ended, because you are doing a book study. It's not happened. Note where you ended. After the quiet time, spend some time to reflect on what you have read. Be quiet. That's why it's called quiet time. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you. And this usually leads you to prayer. If you have not prayed in the middle of it, when you do it, it usually leads you to prayer. So it leads you to prayer. And you pray, you pray. Based on the things you have learned. Maybe you have your own topics you want to talk about. Maybe, but it usually leads you to prayer. Now, you must continue to meditate on the things even after you have gotten up from your quiet time. Try and remember them. What did I learn today? What did the sometimes you can even take your notebook with you if it's not too bulky. And the middle you just open and glance through. But it's important that I say before if you can, before you go to bed, maybe it's maybe the last thing you do, just pick your notebook and just look at what God taught you and then just sleep with it. It won't take more than five minutes. Hmm. I still have a few more things. Should I end or I should finish? I should end. It's too boring. They are tired. So let me quickly finish this one and so. So the next so the next day okay you control basically you go and you repeat what you did the first time just that before you start read what you did the previous day you can read the verse all the verses read your notebook and then you continue one of the things that commonly happens is that you may not read on as you go back to what you read the previous day it arrests you again and you find it so interesting you are not in a hurry you understand? I, have, I have stayed on one verse for three four days one verse because the moment I tell I say okay, I'm going to continue I start then it catches in more revelation so read over just read over if the Holy Spirit keeps you in those verses. Stay there. If he doesn't and he permits you to move on, then you continue using all the things you have we have learned to continue to read. And then you end it like ended and you continue and do and do So the very last thing. Eleven things that will 
help you know or make you know how you are progressing in your quiet time or how to monitor your progress or the things that will tell you about your progress when you see these things or you don't see these things it tells you something one when you are being consistent is progress when you are being consistent for the first time you have been able to do quiet and consistent the whole week is progress and able to do it a whole month is progress you've been able to do it five out of seven days in the week it's progress because at first you used to do one or two I understand me monitoring your own progress Two, you look for better ways to improve your quiet time. It means that thing is working. When you start looking for ways of improving your quiet time, it means you are making progress. And some of the things you do is you start extending your quiet time period. Or you find a more conducive place. Or you begin to start investing money in a reference Bible. Or a concordance. You know what a concordance? A concordance is more like a dictionary. Bible data we can use to refer to a lot of things. You can even take, if you take a word, Elijah, and you look it up, it will give you all the verses that you find Elijah. Concordance. So that one I have it on my phone, but you don't use it. Buy it. Yeah. So you start when you start, it becomes important when you start investing more time and then you buying things to help you getting a new notebook. You see that you are making progress. But when it's the same old thing, your Bible don't know where it is. You've never thought of it. You don't know this. this, this. You are not, I'm telling you, you are not making any progress. You are not making any progress. Yeah. When you are not finding time to extend the time. Yeah. You are not making progress. When you suddenly discover that you are able to commit scripture, or scripture has stayed in your head like you have memorized there are some things in your head you are making progress some of you your memorization is the same but as you do your quiet time suddenly you realize that scripture stays in your head another one so that, that is what three eh? four so that means there are twelve rather Okay. When you discover that you know you know where to locate certain verses in the Bible. Like when somebody says, Oh yeah, I remember this verse is in John, it's in it's in Matthew, it's in Romans. I know it's somewhere around chapter ten. I'm not we are making progress. The more often you can do that, and now some of you now is zero for you, apart from John three sixteen. John 10 30. Eh? Psalm, Psalm 23. Those where you know the apart from that. But when you're able to start to, oh, this, oh, this one is here. This one is here. I think suddenly it comes to you. It's like, it, it's just, you just said, it just comes when that was, okay, I remember, hey, yes, it's true. I read it here. You are making progress. When you become more adept in opening the Bible and finding the books of the Bible, when I say Nahum, Habakkuk, Jude, you don't struggle so much. 
because you are doing your quiet time. Yeah. It helps you. The Bible doesn't become like when you see like you, when they mention a strange book and you are you are sat, sitting in the midst of it. I hope nobody is looking at me because you are struggling to find it. You are struggling to find it. First Corinthians, you don't know where it is. All you know is the New Testament. You don't know what, what is it, what is in relation to. All you know it comes before Second Corinthians. But where is it? When I say, uh, what do you call it? Colossians. So it's the old, but where, where? Where are the books? Where will I find them? Simple, simple things. You see, you are making progress when you want to share your quiet time with somebody. Like the thing is like you, you've learned I want you to share it with someone. You've never shared quiet time with them. The other time you share is when somebody asks you, even that one, you tell a lie. Because what you shared is you did it two weeks ago. Did it two weeks ago. That's the last one you did. But when you want to start sharing, oh, I read this whole. I read something. It's a very powerful. See, I'm making progress. When you are able to participate, when you come for Bible studies, yeah, so you are doing quiet time. Because the things we use in Bible studies, the skills, they are the same thing we use in quiet time. Reading the verses, breaking them down, being able to explain. So if you come, you sit at the Bible and everything. It's a sign of you don't do quiet time. True or false? They can't say it. It's true. When preachings are no longer boring to you, so I quite and this like you are bored. You are not doing quiet time. Because when you stay in the word of God for long, the word of God is not boring to you. Yeah. When you begin to encourage others to do their quiet time, you know you are making progress. Because it's become a blessing to you, such that now you want it to be a blessing to others. So when you begin to encourage people, not that because I've said this, when you see people say, Charlie, do it, no, no, no. But because you, like you just tell Charlie, you must do quiet time, oh. it's important, quiet time, it's a blessing, oh. yeah. You can share, tell Charlie, I used to struggle, oh, but Charlie, the way it's helping me, it's a good thing. When you start doing that naturally, means you are doing your quiet time. Some of you, your faces has come. Pinocchio. See if there's a Pinocchio. In hey, who is the Pinocchio here? Your nose has come like that. Your mouth is following your nose. If you are doing quiet time, your face will be smiling. Do quiet time. That's what I'm teaching you practically and physically. How to do it. Because many of you don't know how to do quiet time. Every time we just say nobody t-. some of you this is the first time you've even heard somebody talking about quiet time, like breaking you've never heard it before. You see, we expect that you should just be able to do it. Quiet time. You're a Christian, call Bible. How can you do it? If you don't know how to do get this message, was it recorded? Okay, okay. was recorded. Like, if you are a commit, you will take it again, listen, and be using it to apply it, it will help you. This one is not come out, devil will be come out. No. This is practical. How you yourself can be a good Christian. 
11. When you begin to see a transformation in your life, you yourself, you are the first person who will notice it. Then the other one, when others begin to see a transformation in your life, they are doing quiet time. And the last one is when you feel uneasy or guilty when you have not done your quiet time. Not that I've asked you, but you yourself. When you have no, you feel uneasy. You feel guilty. It means you are making progress. Some of you, for one week, you don't even feel like you do. Like it doesn't tickle you. It doesn't worry you that you are going to bed at night and you've not done quiet time. Yeah. Me, if I don't read my Bible, when I'm going to, I feel bad. Because sometimes I'm so busy. I know, I know, whenever I don't read the Bible, I know it. Some of you don't even remember that you've not read it. Yeah. But during the day, it always prompts you. You've not read your Bible today. You've not read your Bible today. You've read, because sometimes we get busy. But it always dawns on me. But it doesn't tickle you. We don't even know where the Bible is. So when you feel uneasy or guilt when you have not done your quiet time, you are making progress. Amen. I would have asked love for questions, but our time is up. Please get this thing. We've spent ten minutes, we've gone ten minutes out. Get this thing, read them. Go over them. If I have time, I'll get somebody to type these things out nicely. Do a small pamphlet, isn't it? Will it help you? It won't help you. Some of you don't like anything that oh you don't like reading too. One day I'll come and teach how to read a Christian book practically. Yeah. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for blessing us with your word. We thank you for giving us insight even into what you do. I pray, oh God. That even as your word has come unto us, may our hearts be open, O God, to receive it. May we, O God, make a decision in our mind that we will do quiet time. We will do it well. We will spend intimate and quality time with you so that our lives will be transformed. Father, I pray that for everyone who desires here, anybody who wishes to do it, I pray that let strength be available. Let grace be available. May I begin to hear the stories of transformation as a result of a consistent, quiet time life. As a result of an intimate and personal life with you. May things change in the life of your people. May things become different. May the transformation they seek, may the things they are battling with, may they leave them. I pray, O God, that as they depend on you, may life become sweet for them. I thank you, my God. I thank you, my King. I give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.